This is the podcast about transatlantic business by MCM Germany. The clue. Hi, I'm Evelyn Metzen, the general manager of MCM Germany. Welcome to a new episode of our podcast, The Clue. Today, we are covering the upcoming German presidency of the EU Council in a conversation with Wolfgang Dilke, one of the authors of MCM Germany's position paper on just this German presidency. Before we start our talk, let me introduce Wolfgang Dilke to you. Wolfgang Dilke serves as managing director for GE Germany. In his role, he's responsible for the positioning of GE in Germany and for the company's commitment to strategically important customers and partners. Wolfgang Dilke joined GE and established the Government Relations Office in Berlin in June 2010. Ever since, he has represented GE vis-à-vis -vis political and industry stakeholders. Before joining GE, Wolfgang worked at Hewlett-Packard as Director of Government Affairs for Europe, Middle East and Africa. He started his career at Bitkom, the German Association for Information Technology, Telecommunications and New Media, where he set up the Association's Economy and Innovation Policy Department. Wolfgang studied history, economics and political science, and he lectures at the University of Applied Science in Berlin. Let me add, on a personal note on behalf of AmCham Germany, that Wolfgang Dirk is also a member of our board of directors and AmCham Germany's policy advisor. But now, let's get right into the conversation. Wolfgang, uh, Germany will assume the presidency of the EU Council on July 1st. This is happening in the most challenging time since the foundation of the Federal Republic of Germany. And since Germany is one of the leading players in the EU, there are, of course, many expectations connected to this presidency. And I would like to talk with you about these expectations. First of all, from, from your personal view or sort of your view from someone representing a global company, in Germany, but also uh, with regards to your view as an AmCham board member. And you are also one of the authors of AmCham Germany's position paper on the German EU Council Presidency. Uh, so there are many angles from which we can be discussing this issue. Uh, let me start with uh, one question uh, regarding the focus of this German EU presidency or EU Council presidency. When Germany planned uh, this EU Council presidency, uh, one of the things that were sort of in the special focus was sustainability. Now, in the meantime, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic occurred. And I would like to ask you, to what extent are climate policy issues becoming less important in the wake of the COVID-19 crisis? And how could this development be counteracted during the EU presidency? Thanks, of all, thanks first of all, Evelyn, for this opportunity. And thanks for um, a chance to talk about uh, AmCham Germany's uh, proposals for the EU presidency of the German government. Uh, I think you're touching upon one of the most important questions right now as we discuss stimulus packages across Europe and in Germany in particular, and how they should relate to some of the most important policy 
um, strategies for governments in Europe uh, pre-crisis. And that obviously is climate change on the one hand side and it's digital on the other. As MCHAM Germany, and in fact also as GE, we believe that um, digital and climate change have to continue to be the key policy objectives next to managing the pandemic, obviously. And talking a little more about climate and energy, as MCHAM Germany, we support uh, the big goal of carbon neutrality across Europe in 2050. And we uh, believe that Green Deal and the economic restart, in fact, are one. So you can't separate one from the other. They need to go together. The Green Deal that's been uh, declared the uh, key objective for the European Commission under Ursula von der Leyen and the economic restart that needs to occur in Europe and in Germany just belong to each other. They're just one key objectives. So what we need to do is to invest in the growth of the future. We need to invest in growth of climate-friendly technologies while ensuring the competitiveness of German industry and European industry. So one key element here is obviously to conclude the, the energy internal market. And on the one hand side, that means ensuring competitiveness for industry at a global level, even with ever more ambitious climate targets. We cannot rely on international experiments. We need to make sure that carbon leakage is prevented. And we also uh, need to keep an eye on the cost of energy supply. On the other hand, the promotion of technology for energy transition and for innovative processes that enable energy transition will be key. And one element is obviously to achieve more renewable energy sources, not only in power generation, but also in industry and transport. It means creating a strong hydrogen e economy across Europe and it also means to ease permitting for energy projects and further develop the European state aid procedures so that investment and stimulus for clean energy investment can happen. So you're clearly advocating that uh, this German EU Council presidency can't only be sort of a Corona-related presidency, that, but that we have to keep the original goals of the Green Deal and sustainability as one of the priorities and to combine those goals with the economic recovery that we have to keep sort of the, the, the needs of the industry um, in mind as well. I, I would say that um, with, nevertheless, with COVID-19 and the pandemic, um, another issue has probably brought to more attention that maybe hadn't been on the agenda, at least not sort of so high, and that's um, healthcare and uh, the health systems in, in, in Europe. And uh, that's why I would like to, uh, to ask my second question uh, with regards to this. The COVID-19 pandemic highlighted the importance of a well-functioning health system in Europe. How can the EU Council Presidency contribute to strengthening the health systems and the medical technology sector in Europe? Um, I, I understand that GE is, of course, also very active uh, sort of in, in this area. So can you give us your view on this? Sure. Yeah. So let me start by saying that um, MCHEM member companies during the past weeks of the crisis have helped to keep the lights on keep people healthy and cure the sick, make money flow and provide IT and telecom services as they were needed for a stay at home policy. So if you look across the board, not only healthcare, what you see is I think all the 2,300 companies in MCHEM to a very large degree 
contributed critical services and products to manage the crisis. And you're totally right. Healthcare is one of the key areas, obviously. It's not only relevant in the crisis, and I really would like to highlight how important healthcare is to us in any given moment. It's a major driver of growth, employment, and innovation at any time. If you look at Germany, for instance, healthcare is 12% of our GDP, and about every sixth person in Germany is employed in the healthcare sector. So that's massive. And there will be no restart in economic terms, and there will be no ability to manage the pandemic without the healthcare sector. And that means research, that means manufacturing, and that means providing all the services and products that are needed. What we want to achieve is to strengthen Europe as a place for research and manufacturing of both pharmaceutical and medical products, while ensuring the supply of medicine and medical technology. We have a number of proposals for the uh, EU presidency of the German government. Uh, for instance, we support the EU medical devices regulation that's been in the works for quite a few years already. But what, what we need to achieve is an operational system and a system that is introduced in timely manner so that there will be no supply shortages. National preferences that we have seen in the past and also the cutting out of individual suppliers in some cases from procuring, even in the current emergency situation, are not granted and are a fiscal and legal inability. All the MCHM companies can provide, they can help, they can uh, service, and that is where we uh, should have a position, where we should be considered to be part of a solution to managing the pandemic short term, but also getting out of the crisis long term. Now, supply shortages for pharmaceutical products can be preventing by changing tendering practices across Europe. Production sites in the EU will be promoted, and that will help, again, both research and manufacturing, and then eventually also make sure that all the necessary products are on offer. We also continue to stress that the effective patent protection will continue to be important. We need access to research data across Europe, and we need the removal of regulatory barriers for all players in the market so that US and German companies in the sector can continue to play a big role in innovation, in research, in manufacturing, and in providing the necessary pharmaceutical and medical products. So in a way, sort of the, this pandemic um, showed uh, Europe that uh, more cooperation is needed, not only, or strengthening of the healthcare systems, not only when it comes to sort of the political side, but also to the cooperation when it comes to, to, the, uh, to trade and to uh, making sure that uh, those measures can actually flow between the member states and that everyone uh, can have access to what is needed in the healthcare system. So maybe uh, we see some progress here, um, a bit more unexpected than originally thought. Um, let me touch on one issue that was already very high on the agenda uh, for, for this presidency, and uh, that is with regards to innovation and digitalization. With the General Data Protection Regulation, the EU has already established a comprehensive framework for safeguarding informational self-determination that serves as a global model. To what extent could this development be further promoted within the framework of the German EU Council Presidency? Do you see any uh, 
any ways how, how Germany can sort of leave a special mark on this? Yeah, I think, I think Germany is very well positioned to, uh, to play a critical role here. If you look at digital per se, at telecommunications, digital services, computer, and, and everything that's related to it, uh, it, it really is the second cornerstone of, of the EU presidency's objectives. And I think everybody would agree. In a way we have seen during the COVID-19 crisis that digital is even more important. If you think about working at a home, online uh, services, video, et cetera. But it's more than that. It really is a big part of the growth of the future, like I said, and, and Europe is, in a way, in a challenged situation, as we know, um, we have a lot of um, important technology players in the US uh, and we have a rising China and, and ever more uh, competitiveness and companies in China that are able to play at par with American and European uh, competitors. So Europe in the past has increasingly been better at regulating the te technology space. And I think as MCHAM or key requirement for Europe and the presidency and our key recommendation is to promote cooperation between US and EU companies, both as technology providers as well as users of technology. So um, this, this cooperation um, will help Europe be become more competitive uh, and, and avoid a pitfall that would come out of ever more regulating the space instead of really uh, growing and developing technology in it. More national preferences or even protectionism will certainly not help Europe to grow in the technology space. That's a firm belief we have. I would make three points since you asked for, for data protection and related issues uh, in, in this regard. So the first is around technological sovereignty or digital sovereignty, as some people call it. AmCham Germany supports efforts to preserve European sovereignty in digital technology and processes for sure. It's understandable, it's the right way to do, and we support it. At the same time, again, this will only succeed in an open and vital ecosystem where fair competition prevails and where data can flow freely and securely. Closing borders, even digital borders, will not help Europe to become better and more competitive at digital technology. The second element is data. It's, uh, like you said, the uh, European Union's um, uh, data protection regulation that really has become a comprehensive re regulatory framework uh, and is, is considered increasingly as a global model for data protection. It now, however, has to be complemented by an active data policy that allows innovation and the flourishing data environment in Europe, be it for science, for governments and public sector, for small businesses, as well as big companies. And that requires clear legal frameworks, for instance, for anonymization and pseudonymization. We have to uh, go without sector-specific regulation, if you think of the uh, recently debated e-privacy regulation. And then standard data formants for public sector are important as well. So we have a couple of ideas that we've laid down here on, on data policy. My final remark is on cybersecurity. And here we really see a transatlantic opportunity in avoiding contradictions between the US and EU approaches, how authorities access digital evidence. 
just to make sure we understand correctly, we are totally in favor of authorities providing cybersecurity for their citizens. But what we need to avoid is that rule of law principles are not respected or that legal requirements are different in one area of the world as opposed to another. So no contradictions where obligations to provide information collide with data privacy requirements is a key request that Amcham Germany has on behalf of its companies. Companies must not come into a situation where they have to abide by a set of principles in the US, which are different and in fact contradictory to those in Europe and Germany. You, you mentioned transatlantic cooperation a couple of times here. Uh, first of all, I would like uh, to pick up one point that you said, um, that openness and cooperation um, is important now with sort of the new regulatory framework when it comes to, to uh, the flow of data. Because in my mind, in the special corona-related situation where sort of many companies and, and industry sectors are struggling, it is all the more important that um, their business models um, address the future and are sort of sustainable for the future. And this, of course, can only happen if they, if they are digitized and innovative. So uh, in order to achieve that, uh, we need this openness and this cooperation. Um, otherwise, I think uh, the industries in, in Europe will be sort of lacking behind. So mm -hmm. I, I very much welcome that point that you made. Um, you also addressed transatlantic cooperation uh, when it comes to cybersecurity, and you mentioned the rise of China. And of course, uh, I would like to discuss uh, the future of transatlantic cooperation with you. But um, let's sort of uh, step back for a little bit before we come to this topic and talk about trade first, which is, of course, also related to transatlantic cooperation. In, in your view, um, could the German EU Council presidency help promoting further trade talks between the US and the EU? We, we know that sort of those talks uh, have been stalled and it, it has become more difficult in the current uh, pandemic situation. But do you think that Germany could achieve sort of a, a breakthrough or if not a breakthrough, at least sort of an enhancement between the or in the trade talks? I couldn't think of any other country in the European Union that is better positioned to make a difference here. I think Germany as an export oriented economy, Germany as the largest market and the largest economy in the European Union is perfectly positioned to do that. If we, if we look at the situation overall, the EU and the US are still the largest economic area in the world. Transatlantic trade uh, secures about 50 million jobs, represents about a third of world trade and 54% even of global investment in the US comes from Europe. And 64% of US investment goes to Europe. That's a very strong and huge relationship. Germany is in the middle of this. As I said, it's an export nation. It's free and rule-based trade system is cherished and it has led to uh, value creation. It has led to jobs and innovation in the past and will certainly continue to do so. We believe that um, supply chains and open markets, the ability to trade freely across continents will continue to be important to have fair competition, to have growth, 
and something that for Germany has been a big recipe of success in the past, which is exporting machinery, exporting cars, exporting services, which are part of a larger global network of services, IT, software, and other products, in fact. And so, yes, Germany is perfectly positioned. It's right in the middle of this worldwide grid of value creation from industry to services. And it has a great opportunity now with the EU presidency to work with the European, with the European governments and the US administration even if it's difficult, and we all know the situation in the U.S. with upcoming, with, with upcoming elections will not be easier, but still to really make a difference and itch forward step by step to come to trade agreements that will make life easier for companies on both sides of the Atlantic. As you said, the world economy is completely connected and it is an illusion that sort of going away from this will bring uh, sort of the individual uh, countries further ahead. And I think this can al already be seen in this uh, special uh, pandemic situation where uh, I think what we see is that countries that are more open and more sort of open to cooperation with other countries, that they are coming out of this crisis uh, more resilient uh, than others and that diversification in, in trade actually makes countries stronger. When we talk sort of on a, on a broader level about um, the transatlantic relationship um, and not only about trade, uh, do you think that, um, that Germany taking over the presidency of the EU Council can positively influence the transatlantic relationship more generally, not only with regards to trade? So uh, Corona, I think, has played a major role in the intensification of a trend that I would call renationalization. In the first phase of economic stabilization and actually managing the uh, health-related issues, the German government announced the promotion of domestic production of protective masks and at the same time imposed an export ban on protective clothing. And by the way, we've seen the same or similar in the US. But against the background of what we discussed earlier on free and rule-based trade, and also against the uh, two big objectives for the presidency, climate change and digital, um, we believe that uh, requests and, and suggestions to bring back critical production and key industries to Europe is not the right approach. That's a trend that would endanger international supply chains and flows of goods. Instead of identifying and bringing back supposedly critical production areas, we believe governments should remove trade barriers and strengthen trade. And it's really the German Council presidency that should advocate for the rapid opening of, of borders and ensure that trade functions smoothly again. The trade restrictions introduced by Corona, both within the EU and by EU third countries, must be lifted again as quickly as possible. And Germany is the right country, has the right government to do that with all its experiences, with its ability to act and with the huge level of credibility that Chancellor Merkel, her government, and the German industry have gained in the world. Would, would you say that this can also uh, be applied uh, for strengthening the role of the EU itself? 
we have already before the uh, corona pandemic, we have seen a weakening of the EU. Uh, we saw sort of that uh, the EU member states were not always unanimous on, on, on all the, the issues that they had to deal with. And in this crisis, it seems like uh, the role has even more weakened. Um, but in the end, especially when it comes to the uh, international world order, um, it needs a strong EU. We, we need a strong EU not only to get out of this crisis um, well or, or positively, but also when it comes to restoring the world order. The EU is um, altogether uh, sort of the, the ones uh, with the highest uh, trade volume and, and those who are actually if we take the EU together, paying the most into the WTO. Um, so that should or has to be one of the goals of the German presidency of the EU Council to strengthen the role of the EU. How do you view that? Do you I think that's right. That? Yeah, I think that's right. And I think as MCHEM, we are promoting exactly that. So for instance, the German-French initiative that has been published recently on economic recovery of Europe, I think is uh, going exactly the right direction. It is avoiding anything that pertains to mutualization of debt, which would be very controversial, not only in Germany, but it, it takes a certain amount of solidarity. And uh, also I would say really ventures into uh, new territory by creating instruments that are um, really uh, well adapted to the magnitude of this crisis. This is something that Europe has not experienced since the Second World War. It's a massive, significant, huge crisis that we're experiencing, both at the healthcare level as well as at the economic level. And so we need to have larger and more decisive instruments. The German Franco initiative is one of those elements. Uh, be it in the end 500 billion euros or any other similar amount of money will be required really to restart European economies again and have that level, that element of solidarity across Europe that will be required because obviously with so huge differences in economic ability across Europe, some countries will be able to spend much more on stimulus and on stabilization of the economy than others are. But that is not to the advantage of, you know, the common good of the European Union members. So anything that will uh, play more on solidarity, that will invest massively to deal with this unforeseen crisis, will help Europe effectively to become stronger. So I would be optimistic and as Amchem we're promoting and supporting uh, the decision-making in that direction, that Europe has a great opportunity to come together again, despite all the challenges that we've discussed in this podcast, and really come forward with a proposal that will help to restart the economies of European countries, and at the same time, rekindle this European spirit of unity. So I think you, you gave um, us a lot of arguments why the German EU Council presidency in particular um, can have uh, numerous positive um, effects or impacts uh, on the EU and the member states, not only when it comes to trade, but also to innovation. And uh, would that, do you think, also lead to 
um, a positive development for Germany as an investment location? Yeah, I think Germany um, as the largest market in Europe, like I said, as a country that is uh, very strong in industry and will continue to be so, um, is in a u unique position to come out of the crisis stronger than before. And I realize this is a sentence we have heard before, but it has been uh, proven to be true before. Um, it's really a matter of how we do it, right? We have a, a number of very simple, if you will, proposals to make as American and German companies in the transatlantic space. And that's about rule-based mm -hmm. and fair trade. It's about strength and solidarity in Europe. And it's about a uh, open and, uh, and, and value-based uh, transatlantic relationship. If that is you know, the, the fundament of how, how we approach the current situation, the crisis and the restart, if Germany in the middle of this process takes the opportunities to drive forward European competitiveness, innovation and growth, then Germany stands to gain a lot as an investment location. <clears throat> Many companies in the past have looked at Germany preferably to invest. That will continue to be the case and a strong Germany and a strong Europe will benefit even more. And do you expect the the German EU Council presidency to um, to maybe shift uh, and take on other topics on their sort of top priority agenda, or would you say that the topics that we just discussed in in our talk that those will remain the things that will be addressed or dealt with um, with highest priority. Do you see any other things coming up? Uh, you mentioned China uh, earlier. Um, do you think that Germany will sort of go further or trying to make the EU sort of going further uh, in, yeah. with this in their relationship to China? Or do you see any other topic uh, that might pop up as well? So, so the geopolitical situation for all of us is changing and it's very difficult to preview what's going to happen in the next six months. If you think, think about what has happened during the past six months, obviously. So God forbid that we're going to see a second wave of the Corona crisis. Uh, we all, I think, are optimistic that uh, we are going to get out of this uh, health related crisis as quickly as possible. We will have to deal with the economic restart and the rebuilding of the economy, creating and preserving jobs. And that will keep the German government in the capacity as the EU presidency obviously busy along a huge number of fronts. It's not only going to be focused on the pandemic, it's going hopefully to be a big focus on climate and digital. But then I could imagine, as you asked, there would be uh, uh, areas such as the European competition policy that needs to be reshaped in order to enable all this investment in European growth. It's going to be, like we discussed, about trade with other parts of the world, not only the US as the most important economic and security partner of Europe, but also with China, with other areas in Asia, in Africa, and across the world. So continuing to create and build trade relationships along those lines of free and rule-based world trade will continue to be important. And just to mention a, a final element, obviously financial and fiscal policy 
and tax policy in particular will continue to be certainly uh, a huge element of attention as we are now uh, reaching unprecedented levels uh, of credit and debt, which um, again will require growth in order to get out of the situation and they re require cooperation in the transatlantic space at a global and European level to make economies stronger because only growth will enable us to, uh, to deal with those levels of debt and fiscal challenges that we've seen recently. I, I would like to conclude by uh, maybe uh, stating one wish I have <laughs> with regards to the German EU Council Presidency and uh, maybe after that you would like to conclude with a personal wish, could be for AmCham or GE or sort of you personally. My wish would be um, besides, as you said, tackling all those very pressing issues and uh, those have become, as you said, um, even uh, more so in the, with regards to the current crisis, uh, that's not only a health crisis, but which is actually turning out to be an economic crisis. But besides that, um, my wish would be that the EU being the actual um, giant in the WTO, that they and that Germany would make sure that the EU uses this power that it has sort of more concretely to uh, bring in initiatives for restoring or for enhancing the, the international order and to, um, to dealing with China and the special role that it is tr still trying to seek within the WTO. That would be my personal wish. Um, and, so and I fully the agree EU with that. To take yes. on more, more of a leadership role in the WTO. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, what, I think what's that's... Your, to conclude, what's your wish? <laughs> I think that's... that's totally right and and I, I absolutely support that i mean i would i would be bold and i would even mention three wishes as as they do in okay. good german fairy tales um yeah. and, and maybe relate a little bit to to ge uh which is a company that's present in in europe for over 100 years and employs 6500 people mainly in aviation energy and healthcare and if you look at the aviation sector, it's maybe one of the most heavily impacted by the crisis. More than 95% of planes are down, only very slowly restarting. And the most important thing here really for the restart is safe flight. It's really getting people back to fly, mm -hmm. getting planes back to fly safely. Any stimulus, any stabilization effort, any incentive obviously is welcome, but it should support the industry's push for green flight, be it alternative fuels or hybrid electric flight or additive printing technology that can help to make much lighter and more robust materials. The second wish I think related to what we discussed earlier is in healthcare. And that's one element I didn't mention, which is digital healthcare. I think we've all, all seen where the potential for telemedicine is and for digital solutions in healthcare, if you think about um, tracing apps, for instance. So what we here, I think, wish for is quickly to come to harmonize standards for health data across Europe, which will be a way for us not only to manage the pandemic better and get out of it quickly, but also to really reap the benefits from digital health across the board. Finally, in energy, I mean, there is so many examples. Let me just pick one, which is uh, wind onshore. That's an important business for, for GE and many other companies. Uh, aside from better and easier permitting, it's really about repowering, which is using existing sites for new and 
bigger wind turbines, which will be very important moving forward. Any fiscal incentive or even a scrappage bonus for old technology to replace with newer technology will help in this context. But the most important thing to look at is, again, it's helping to implement the key objective of climate change as part of the EU presidency. So that's a third wish. And I think it all comes down to those two elements again. It's about digital and it's about energy. Uh, it's about digital and it's about uh, climate change um, that will, as priorities, help uh, Europe under the EU presidency to combine growth with um, serving those priorities. All right, uh, Wolfgang, we, I think we made a very broad and deep tour d'horizon when it comes to not only the expectations, but also the needs and our wishes with regards to the German EU Council presidency. Um, and as you said earlier, AmCham Germany is working on all of those issues with, along with our member companies. And uh, since you are the policy advisor of AmCham Germany and also a member of our board of directors, These issues will continue to keep you busy, <laughs> won't get boring. And um, I hope that we will hear back from you maybe uh, in six months from now um, when the EU Council Presidency of Germany terminates and we'll take a glance back and see what has been achieved. Uh, so should we do that? Definitely, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Evelyn. So until then, thank you very much, Wolfgang Dirka and uh, keep up the great work with AmCham and for GE. Thanks for the opportunity. All the best to you too.